Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show, After the News, we're asking the question, has Hollywood's depiction of weed in media gotten better? But before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. I think we decided this weekend we're going to get the PT thing knocked out. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it. All mm-hmm. right, sounds good. All right, with all that out of the way, it is time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been watching, what we've been playing, what has been occupying our free time. Hector, what have you been doing this week? Oh, let's see. I've been doing quite a bit. Um, uh, obviously, the uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer uh, is free to play, and it is out for yeah. everyone to play because, I mean, they weren't having fun playing Call of Duty or Battlefield. <laughs> so now they can play Halo. Halo literally released this mode about three weeks early just to shit on... Uh, Dyson Blizzard, uh, not, uh, Activision, and uh, I, I love them for it. Mm-hmm. That is the sassiest move I've seen in a long time. Did we all get to play some I mean, Halo? It fell on an anniversary. Yeah, we all played uh, Halo. Yeah, that was I was kind of hoping that was going to be our prelude talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got Halo. yeah, yeah, three, yeah, four, three. I'm, so I'm very impressed with your game. Um, it definitely feels like Halo. It definitely doesn't look like shit. I can't wait to see the campaign now that I've seen the game. Mm. Um, I now need a better computer. Yeah, so I can I, play Halo. The, the, it, you are a shining example of what happens when you listen to your fans and delay your game to make it better. Uh, please, every uh, company learn from this. Yeah, I ran a test on it just because I was like, hey, mm-hmm. what happens if I just set this on Ultra mm-hmm. and run a few matches yeah. on a eh, card? Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was... It was good. Yeah, it runs like, not bad. Yeah, it, and I was like, wow, I could see where upgrades could be made to make this better. But like, I, that was on the just shoving it to the height, like literally just ultra everything. Yeah. And it was between 40 and 70. Yeah. So I was like, that's not shitty for 1080p. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> so. yeah no, no, it's a good looking game. I mean, I have a pretty nice video card that it defaulted to ultra. I got in the game thinking, all right, what am I going to have to turn down? And I'm just getting like 90 FPS, like mm-hmm. as a matter of course. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah this is great. Yeah. So well, well designed game on PC, which is difficult. It's running on three of our, on all three of our systems pretty well. And we have ver- three very different systems. Yep. Um, I, I can't tell if there's crossplay or not. I think there might be. Um, but it, it, the game just runs very well. The matches I get into are always fun. The weapons feel great. It needs more game modes. Sure. And there's a few quality of life features it's missing, and the battle pass is terrible. But they literally launched the game early, and they're working on all of it based on community feedback already. We already have an update to the battle pass. Yeah. The game's only been out for like three days. That's true. They've proven time and time again that 343 will listen to the community and go, okay, we're going to make the best thing with you. Yep. And that seems to be the most important thing. It's like when he's working with the community and like, hot damn, a year ago, like a, like a year ago when everybody's like shitting oh. all over. Yeah, when we saw the, <sighs> the, the, the Halo gameplay reveal and we're like, that looks like butt. They're like, oh God, does it look like butt? <laughs> All right, all right, we'll take it back, we'll fix it. And I'm sitting here going, no, you won't. There's no way you can fix that. That looks like too much ass. And it did, but they fucking fixed it. They did a great job. It was thick with two C's ass. Yes. I'm just, I'm I'm really surprised, like, out of all the news we'll talk about later with companies being shitholes to their employees, um, 
we haven't heard anything. Like three, four years, everybody works. There's like, no, we just love it. We love working yeah. here. They give us enough money and enough team members to make the shit that we need to make. Mm-hmm. And they understand when we say we're delaying that we're going to fucking delay shit. Yeah. Which um, has affected some other things. <laughs> we will definitely be discussing. Hector, what else did you do this week? Um, I watched the uh, show, Ar- the Netflix series Arcane. Um, this is an animated series based on characters from League of Legends by Riot Games. Riot Games has League of Legends, which is basically a MOBA, much like Dota or um, HOTS, if that's your thing. Mm. Um, This is one of those games with one of those infamous communities that everybody hates, much like every other MOBA. (laughs) Um, uh, And I never really give it much thought, but Riot Games also makes some other pretty cool games. Uh, Like within League of Legends, there's a game called Teamfight Tactics that I gave a try. It's kind of like a CCG if everything was based on League of Legends, so it's very complicated and very difficult, and there are layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. of mechanics. But once you get it, it's a very interesting, very fun game of chess. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it very deep. They also have the game Valorant, which is just a throwback to old school CS:GO mm-hmm. or no old school Counter Strike, like Insta Kill with, like, with like Overwatch ability. Yeah, yeah, Insta Kill headshots, but they do, it is a hero based game, yeah. and all the heroes have different abilities, but guns are the bread and butter they're incredibly lethal nobody's abilities really kill you they do things like obscure your vision so someone can shoot you in the face or let you see around corners so you can round a corner and shoot people in the face like it's all about the shooting very very cool game i'm hoping there's gonna be some more of that story told in the animated stuff because me too because valorant's very cool um so but anyway so that so this is me saying that if league is your only introduction into this gaming company um it's better than you think it is uh because it League of Legends has its own very bad reputation as a game, mm-hmm. um, even though it's just as deep and just as entering, interesting as Dota. But uh, this is all to build up and say that this show, uh, League of Legends Presents Arcane, is based on a lot of the mythology from the show. It really fleshes out the lore. Its animation is next fucking level. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, the characters literally use expressions on their face to communicate with each other and you read every second of it. It looks simultaneously like a very well done moving comic book, but the action is clean and crisp and fluid and fast and it reads all very, very well. Nice. Um, the Blizzard, could, Blizzard can learn from this. Blizzard animation can learn from this. Uh, Pixar can learn from this. Disney can learn from this. DreamWorks can learn from this. This is one of the best-looking animated shows I've ever seen. Wow! By wow. but by by a, by a good <clears throat> margin. Um, the voice acting is great. The story is very very cool. The last three episodes drop tomorrow, so you can binge the entire thing if you want. Starting probably by the time you listen to this. So do that. Like this is such a good show. I cannot tell you how much. I love it and without you, need you no just sitting experience next to me. of League of Legends. Yes, no, 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 and that, that's another really good point. Thank you. You need to know nothing about League of Legends for this because I didn't before I saw the first episode. I'd never installed League of Legends. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the characters. I didn't know that the elf creatures were called Yordles. 
I, I didn't know. And, 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 okay, yeah, you got, yeah. You got no, yordles. No, it's goofy. I'm in. It's goofy and I, funny. I mean, um, shit, I'm watching it now. Now that all of it's out, I'm yeah. sold. No, it's very, very cool. Um, you <laughs> don't need anything. You can tell there are Easter eggs, kind of like the Castlevania sure, anime sure, and yeah. the Witcher anime. Mm-hmm. We're like, that's the thing from the game. That's the thing from the game. But none of it is required. You don't need to know any of it to understand any of the plot. The plot is basic, but also very well acted. So it's like the good kind of basic yeah. where it's just, you know, bread and butter uh yeah um really good show definitely watch it if i recommend you nothing else this week i recommend you this show watch arcane okay all right not for kids by the way (laughs) tony what did you do this week um I always just started thinking about how much I fucking can't wait for The Witcher to come out. Oh, Man, yeah. Soon. Soon. So couple soon. weeks. Couple weeks. Um, the, one of the movies I watched was, is called Red Notice. Mm-hmm. It's on oh, Netflix. Yeah. How is it's that? It's very fun. Nice. It, uh, Gail Gardot, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's a internet, it's a crime thriller. Okay. Art thief. Is it like a heist movie? Yeah, it's definitely a heist movie. I can't okay. give you too much because right, it, it will spoil way too much. But with those three actors and how great they are as themselves in most things, mm-hmm. honestly, and they're just together in this, mm-hmm. it's just fun. I don't want to spoil any of the plot because mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a heist thing and yeah. like it's got turns. Yeah, turn. there's. Mm-hmm. I can't give. I, I give. I'll give away the ending if I tell you anything. No, no, like, that's so fine. Like, I can't uh, tell you. you if, I, if, I don't want. If you re- recommend, it's like it, knives out. I can't tell you shit until yeah, you watch yeah, it. Yeah, just, no. If you recommend <laughs> it, I'm in honestly because yeah, it, it just you know, and you're absolutely right about knives out. It's like what is it? I don't know. It's a. It's What's a. It's a who done it? It's Clue. It's like it will tell me more. Mystery, I can't murder mystery. Yeah. Watch you gotta, the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's like so being the being the art thief story is like it can't. Yeah, I can't tell you. Okay. Because of the mystery. No, it's, it's cool. It's a really fun mystery. I, I, I very much enjoyed. We'll they don't, watch. We, I love that our writing has gotten better since we don't have to like just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other one was Colin in Black and White. Okay. It was the first season of Colin uh, Kaepernick's television show for on Netflix mm-hmm. um, stall, starring... Um, Jaden Mitchell, uh, Mary Louise Parker, and Nick Offerman, and cool. Colin Kaepernick himself, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It's only no. like it's only uh, six episodes. Oh, nice! They're okay. like twenty minutes each, and like 20, 30 minutes each. It's really fun. It's it starts uh, with his middle school career, uh, his career starting with middle school, going mm-hmm. into the end of these the season, um, him going and leaving high school. Okay. So not going into college yet, but okay. like just awesome. Um, and the what his life was like being adopted and growing up a colored person, a person of color in a very very white neighborhood, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just watch the story. It's fucking great. If, yeah. Yeah, it is political and it's meant to be because his story oh, is political. Yeah, very political. Oh, yeah, it's so, unavoidably political. Yeah. And that's wonderful. That's why one of the reasons why I fucking loved it because it starts with that. Here, it, it starts showing you this is what they're doing to, like, uh, this is what you have to do to get drafted. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately shows it, it switches it to a slave auction. Oh, wow. 
Oh and wow! So it goes places. Yeah, yeah. that's in, that's like in the first like five minutes. Wow. Okay. And, but it, it it hits your heart at the beginning. You go, this, pay the fuck attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it unfolds more. It's his life story, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. And everybody in it is awesome. Oh, great actors. Um, yeah. Please watch it and mm-hmm. don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so, <laughs> his story needed to be told. So here oh, we are. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing, and this is for you, James. Uh, one of the voice actors in Arcane is our own favorite, uh, Madam Christian of Asarla, uh, Shorn, uh, I, I, I'm so sorry. I can't say your last name. I won't, I'm, I, I won't, I won't insult you by trying. <laughs> Very nice. Look forward to that. Uh, just real quick on my end, I've been powering through more of LA by night. I've been working on writing my vampire, the masquerade campaign. Um, I have now finally started watching the newest season of British Bake Off, which I will not bore you people with telling you it's how it's so good, how, like, how, how freaking good that's been. It's so good. Uh, and I've been playing Catherine on the Switch, which mm-hmm. if you've never played Catherine, it is a very difficult um, romance horror game that is based around a puzzle element. And it's been a lot of fun, a source of frustration, and a great way to wind down my day while I'm watching yeah, the British Bake Off. different opinions on that game. It is a puzzle game that has annoying <laughs> RPG bullshit in between it. That is that is a visual novel. That is not an RPG. <laughs> All right. That is everything we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into the news in the Weekly Raid. Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news roundup for the week. So to kick things off on a lighthearted note, because it's going to get dark, y'all, Netflix is working on a new comedy that's going to star Randall Park of WandaVision fame, and it's going to be about an employee of the last Blockbuster. It is just called Blockbuster. Uh, yeah. I... I mean, are they just are they filming this I at, don't, the, la- I don't at the last I don't blockbuster? Know. This is one of the most topical th- topics I've ever heard for like an actual movie. The fact that th- this it's, so it's going to be a series and it's going to be on Netflix. Netflix is doing a series about the, the last, but the a death of blockbuster. blockbuster. I love. Is it. that? <laughs> I love the meta ness of that. Is that a dunk? Are they so, dunking like like I, ten years later? It's like lol, we murdered you a decade ago. So there's this thing oh, that I do. They're returning the VHS. So there's there's this thing that I like to do that whenever I get a new phone. That's what this could be called. Whenever I get a new phone, the last thing that I do with my old phone Mm -hmm. is take a picture of my new phone. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what this feels like. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It's just like, yes, we're going to tell this story, and we're going to do insult to injury while we do it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's Randall Park. He was hilarious in WandaVision. Yeah, I really hope Amazon makes a knockoff of this called Hollywood Video. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so good. All right. Uh, Courtney Cox is going to be starring in an upcoming horror comedy for the Stars Network called Shining Veil. Quote, Shining Veil is a horror comedy about a dysfunctional family that moves into the uh, to the city from a to or from the city to a small town in a house where terrible atrocities have taken place. Uh, But nobody seems to notice except for Pat, who's convinced that she's either depressed or possessed. Uh, Turns out the symptoms are exactly the same. Uh, the person who's going to be working on the pilot is uh, Dirbala Walsh, who directed and executive produced the pilot for Handmaid's Tale. Okay, yeah. So Courtney Cox. Yeah. yeah like, like Friends, yeah. Courtney Cox. Okay. I think Scream, but sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we go we, we go in very different directions. We go in very that. different directions based on, I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's fair. It, it, you you might as well have just said, like, Alanis Morissette, you think of the other album that wasn't Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but, I but, but I feel you. And that's fine. Yeah, Courtney Cox is awesome. She She's great. Horror Last comedies. Last I saw her was a Shameless. There you mm-hmm. go. Horror comedies can be so no, hit or miss. watching Shameless. <laughs> but, like, I don't Some know. Some of them are very good. It, it sounds like the cast they've got on board and the people they're bringing on for this. It sounds interesting. It sounds like it could be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and stars will put the budget behind it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, if they're everybody wanting, has, yeah, if they're trying to do like a, like a, you know, what we do in shadows sort of thing, I'm there for it. Yeah. I'm very there for it. I'm, I'm down for anything that's more like what we do in the shadows. I didn't even mention that this week. Like I did watch the, all the season, this last season of what we do in the shadows. Oh man, and I'm how, so behind. How dare that show pull at my heartstrings for being a comedy. Fuck you, Taika Waititi. <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, so this week, what we're going to do is something a little bit different. We're going to have two bigger news segments instead of a ton of smaller stuff. So let's jump into the first, the happy stuff, the Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Um, Disney shot out a ton of announcements, and while we'd love to go into all of them, that would take forever. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the Marvel stuff. We don't spend too much time on any particular one, but we got mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff that we got to cover here. So the first thing is going to be Agatha House of Darkness. Um, this is going to be a spinoff of WandaVision. It's going to be a dark comedy. Uh, of course, uh, Catherine Hahn's going to be coming back and playing Agatha. How are we feeling about this? That's too, it's it's too good. Like, like it's so on the nose. Like, it's literally exactly what everyone wanted when they saw WandaVision. And it makes oh. me wonder if they had that plan before the show, knowing she would be great, or if they, they were like... Okay, this this chick needs your own show right now because everyone loves Agatha. I would expect that they would this is something they would go to Hulu because that reminded me of one of the things I started watching, which was Hitmonkey. Oh, you watched Hitmonkey? I heard yeah. Hitmonkey is good. I, I've watched the first episode and started the second one and went, no, I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvel's Hitmonkey is on Hulu. Definitely try check it out then. Right on. All right. Uh, one of the weirder announcements they had was X Men '97. This is going to be coming out in 2023, uh-huh. and this is going to be a new animated series that takes place right after where the Fox animated series left off. That, the, they left off weird. They left off like yeah. late X-Men. Yeah. I got weird. Like, like Phoenix saga into like space lady and Charles like yeah, yeah. married. And, yeah. There's some weird stuff that happened. Yeah. And apparently they're going to try and keep the like animation style close enough to it. That I love. I love that animation gonna, style. I, I don't, I feel like this is one of those things that like, I don't know if anybody was asking for, but like, do you want to see it? Yeah, I mean, as long as... You know what we could use right now is a really great X-Men story where they just fucking punch racism in the face. Yes, For, like, please. all episode long, every episode, so that people can be like, this is really woke. I miss the old X-Men. And you're like, bro! So if you haven't been following tw- X-Men Twitter at all, that's something that happened during this announcement. They were like, by the way, like oh. there's all these writers that are going to be coming in. They're going to be working on this thing called X-Men 97. And then there was like some people out there that were like, oh, they're just going to bring in a bunch of woke writers to write X-Men. And everybody who's actually ever read a single issue of X-Men was like, dude, or, are or you okay? anyone who happened to watch the 90s cartoon right? at all and like watched a guy who was just hairy. This is like a first episode of the show. A guy was literally just hairy going like, I'm just a mutant. I don't have any powers. I'm not a threat. And a bunch of angry white people with signs beat him to death. Yeah. Like I just, I felt like when those posts started happening, the entire internet just looked at them and went, all right, guys, nobody tell them. 
Yeah. Just like, just nobody tell him what's going on here. Yeah. Obviously, he's never read an X-Men those comic. Those were protesters. Those were patriots. Uh, they, they were, whatever they were, you know. According the, to Fox the, News. Terrorists versus freedom fighters. It's all a <laughs> wonderful dichotomy. I, no, I, There's I'm literally really happy we're getting like yeah. this. It reminds me of the Batman six uh, Batman sixty six whenever mm. they brought that. Oh yeah, that was cool back in the comic books because it kept that spirit of it alive and has done mm. some great things. And yeah, it was really. Cool. I'm that that's, kind of gives me hope for this. Is like if they can if they're gonna learn from if they're gonna steal from something. Yeah, this and if is they're the gonna one. steal something similar, like why not take this something that's precious to some like the group of people yeah. and like you know make it better and expand upon it, make yeah. it you know greater. Yeah. As long as you don't fuck it up. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, just don't fuck it up. Guys. Just don't fuck it up. It's, it's, it's that easy. It's just so don't fuck easy it up. to do. Like, because, like, well, they, the first they off, if you're place. going into it and you know this is what you want to do, you have to know, go in knowing, I'm not going to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have to get the money behind it. Because if they're not putting the money behind it, you're not, you're, it's going to be fucked up. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is Disney money, so they're not going to yeah. fuck it up. Right. So, the, yeah, it, it, there's, it, it's really easy to come into this and know what it's about, right? Mm. We, the, the, the whole show was about prejudice against mutants. And there's literally an episode in the 90s cartoon where they somehow end up back in time in the 1950s. They all just walk into a diner and sit down. And the uh, cook behind the ta- behind the fucking counter walks over and says, we don't serve her kind here. And they're all like, mutants? Oh, no, wait. And it's like, no, the black woman. And pointing right yep, at Storm. Yep, that did and, happen, she, uh, and she literally looks up and goes, wait, you're prejudiced against my skin color? That's yep. so pathetic. It's almost quaint. Yep. That was a whole. Yeah. Welcome to actual X-Men, y'all. This is what the X-Men is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, there's uh, already learned about the sewer people. <laughs> Haw- Hawkeye hasn't even aired yet, right. but we know that it's going to be getting a spinoff. It's going to be called Echo. Uh, we'll be learning nice. about this character in um, Hawkeye. Uh, Echo is a character who is a deaf Native American, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's going to be the the premise of the show. That's the the hero that we will be getting. Cool, I'm in. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see Hawkeye. Uh, yeah. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. Matt Fraction, literally Fucking Matt, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, just just listed on the title. Disney. If you have never read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye and are excited about this show, please read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. It's so good. Uh, let's see here. I am Groot was announced. It's going to be an animated uh, series. Uh, of course, it's about Groot. It's going to be about him as a baby growing up. Um, we do know that James Gunn is, while not directly working on it, he is executive producing it. So he's okay. going to be overseeing the you know, baby Groot to teen Groot storyline, essentially. Nice. So it will be in canon with the uh, yeah. MCU. He wants to make sure that where his character yeah. is going to go to yeah. and it's not going to... I at least they're smart enough to get that now. It's smart. Well, they have a whole nother movie to make, so they yeah. have to like make sure Groot's One not off in two old, different yeah. directions. Yeah. Uh, we know that Ironheart's coming out, um, so that was just a kind of a just random announcement saying like, "Hey, this is going to be Riri, Riri Williams' story," mm-hmm. um, but we don't have anything more than we got the logo. So it was just like, "Hey, this is coming." Cool. I'm in. Uh, Moon Knight. We got a new trailer for Moon Knight. Yeah. Moon Knight uh, it, looks it, cool. Like, I, I, I know nothing about Moon Knight. And mm-hmm. then I saw Oscar Isaac's there, and I'm like, Duke Leto. And, yeah. the, you know, I saw the trailer, and I was like, no, that's Oscar And Isaac. it's a trailer that shows you nothing, basically. Yeah, yeah no, I saw nothing. Yeah. The only reason I knew at all what was happening in that trailer is because you guys have described to me the plot of Moon Knight. Yeah. Or basically what the character origin. So I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be dark. Like, like in uh, this looks like... Like Netflix Marvel Dark is the mm. thing, and that's 
intriguing coming from Disney right now. It looks like they're um, diving headfirst into his multiple personality syndrome. Yeah. Like they're going to be going into the, the heavier subjects of Moon Knight. So. The, the Oscar Isaac thing reminded me, I did watch one of his movies a few weeks back. Dude? Um, yeah, but aside from that, one, okay. this is actually wait. This actually <laughs> we already talked about Dune. Quite, quite, quite a few weeks back, oh, okay. uh, where he plays a, a card counter. Oh, um, uh, who was also in the Iraq War. Um, uh-huh. It's going to be try to go up for awards because it's that it, it feels like it wants to be award bait, but Ooh. it's like too. Eh, I don't know. You and I should talk about it later. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, they showed off Miss Marvel. Not very much of it. It would be kind of the first footage of it. Miss um, Marvel um, is a movie, yes. TV show. Uh, it's going to be a TV show. Okay. Um, and this is, is a stretchy girl, right? Yep, not Captain stre- Marvel. Yeah, this is a stretchy girl. But okay. the thing is, is that she is obsessed with Captain Marvel, which is why in the trailer, the first footage in air quotes we saw of her is her in this really badly done Carol Danvers cosplay. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what her first okay. outfit was. Yeah, it's her first outfit. That's where yeah. it all comes from. I mean, it's- Complete and sense. she's <laughs> Indian American, correct? Um, Pakistani, Some, well, something like that. She's Muslim. Muslim. Yes, yeah, she's okay. Muslim. But that's her big thing is that she's a Muslim. Okay, and that's kind of like the story, the the quintessential Miss Marvel story, and this is one that I do recommend that a lot of pe- people pick up and read. Is the story of what it is like to kind of be Muslim. Um, it was written in a post nine eleven world and kind of what it means to kind of be a hero during that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great values to Miss Marvel. Yeah. And she's a very innocent character who's who idolizes these heroes that we look at like Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good entry point for a lot of people. It's a lot of representation that I think the Marvel Universe could use right now. Right so. on. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, we saw, all we saw was a logo for the Secret Invasion miniseries. Uh, we know that Samuel L. Jackson, we got a picture of him. Um, saying that he's coming back, and we good. know that uh, Talos the Scroll is coming back. Good, you know, so <laughs> good. I, I, yeah, I, I like them. I, I miss them from like like we got this whole great setup with all of that stuff at the end of Captain Marvel, and I have not seen them since, and yep. I'm kind of upset. That was Phase Three, y'all. Like like let let's get to it. Uh, yeah, so we've got some things happened. Some yeah. things have definitely <laughs> happened. Uh, we got the first kind of stills of uh, there was like a, a teaser trailer for She Hulk. Ooh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that came out. Um, love, love me some She-Hulk. That is one of those ones that we're going to be getting sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, probably sometime just after Moon Knight, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything looked great. We got to see what She-Hulk looked like skin-wise and everything. So this, it's going to be awesome. Um, I, the actress, uh, Tatiana, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. um, that was an Orphan Black, is who's playing that character. And she's a, amazing. Oh, if you've never yeah, seen she's... Orphan Black, she is an amazing actress. Right. Like, yeah, um, and I remember whenever they cast her, I was, I'm still confused on... She's like five one. Well, she she she's a shorter. Yeah, she's a shorter lady. She's very short, and she Hulk is not. She Hulk is not. Yeah, oh. it's the exact opposite of <laughs> yeah. five one. But then like, again, Bruce I Banner don't know goes like, like Bruce tall. Banner goes from like Mark Ruffalo <laughs> to the fucking Hulk. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure. He, yeah. he goes there is no comparison like, for the Hulk. Right, other he goes than the Hulk. from like five eleven to about 12 and a half feet tall and about 10 feet wide. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I do Movie really magic. like the, yeah. um, the CGI that they do for his character mm-hmm. and all the CGI they've done in this show so far has held up pretty well. Oh yeah. So having her, with also the movie or camera tricks and everything to just appear mm-hmm. bigger in general. I just love her as an actress. Yeah. She's which is like, like, I don't care how fucking short you are. Like, you're great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Also hire someone who's... <laughs> you're like, you're, it's one of those things that's just like, oh, you love Orphan Black? Name like seven characters on Orphan Black. And you're like, okay. Tatiana. 
Talk to Hannah. So, 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 so I'm going to do like some late night confession here when I think about She-Hulk right now. Is um, I mean, we all rev- remember our vampire mom from Resident Evil 8, whether yeah. we played it or not. Yep. And all I keep thinking is like in a lot of the comics, the idea is that she can control which form she's in she can, yes. and eventually becomes much more comfortable in her Hulk form yep. and like wears the clothes and yeah. like is yep. a practicing yep. lawyer. Absolutely. So yeah. like I really want her to be like giant and hot in her like <laughs> lawyer clothes, just like green and muscly. This feels like, like a please, all the time. This feels like a personal practice. No, no, please this show confuse my penis. Like 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 if well, it can weird. do that, this show will like it will shock the well, world in how popular to, it is. To help explain maybe the history of people or the character that don't know that don't know who She-Hulk is, mm-hmm. she is a supermodel lawyer. Yeah, she she literally She's is a supermodel model. lawyer who mm-hmm. is in her She-Hulk form, seven something, eight feet something tall, mm-hmm. and just super muscular. Mm-hmm. And super brilliant, and yes, all of the all those yeah. things you want, which was like she is brains and brawn. which is why I was kind of yeah. confused. Like that actress is very short, yeah, and that character is like well, turns out hobbits <laughs> don't exist, and yeah. that the actors were much taller than they appeared in the movie. So I'm, I, I I'm disagree. Also true, Surrey and McKellen is like seven something feet <laughs> tall, and every everybody else that played hobbits was like like four foot. Okay, <laughs> but the actor who plays Gimli is like six and a half feet <laughs> it's tall. True. All right, that's the correct uh, height for a dwarf. <laughs> next up, Spider-Man Freshman Year. It's going to be an animated series coming to Disney Plus. It's going to follow Peter Parker on his journey to become Spider-Man in the MCU. Okay. So, oh, so, so, this, so is our, this is our MCU, Uncle Ben? So I think that what we've got here is that Spider-Man, because of the way his story was told in the MCU, was very like, hey, here's him in Civil War. Yeah. Here's him uh, at Homecoming. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be like, there was things in between. Yeah. It happened to make a Spider-Man a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. This is what we're getting with that. Yeah, yeah, we never got we never got those issues. We never got those like one-offs. Well, we got those movies, but those were like big villain things. We yeah. never got these like fun, yeah. dumb single issue stuff. Yeah, we, and we if these are that single, if it's that single issue like filler stuff, yeah, like awesome. Because I mean, there's a good couple of years they got. If they're just going to be like, you know, it takes place from here to here, yeah good and be done we're not gonna be yeah. jumping around nope. and bullshit and, and there's a long history of very good spider-man cartoons yeah. and there disney is, knows how is. to as tony said earlier not fuck that up so yeah. I'm, I'm into it money, so money speaking of animated <laughs> disney features what if season two was announced is everybody excited are we, we yeah did, we did yeah. an entire what I if hope, episode I, 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 my mm, one hope for what if maybe, season two maybe is maybe. that we do not continue with any of the characters we've already had okay. is that we get a whole new I, I don't even mind that they all tied in and did a big thing at the end that's cool as long as when we do the next season it's a whole new batch like right. like give me you and know we've learned from our mistakes from the first yeah. time give because, me uh, American mm. Horror Story season two right just swap yeah. everything out and then yep. well not <laughs> not it. that season but you know what I'm talking I get about. what you mean. Yeah. I liked it, it, season two of American Horror Story. You, whatever. I, I cool. never watched any of them. Uh, you might have brain damage. <laughs> Asylum but, was good. <laughs> but yeah, so so co- completely different set of characters, completely new what ifs, sure. completely new ways for them to interact. Yeah. Let's get all of the characters we missed from the first, you know, three phases that we had in what if one. Let's get some Eternals in there. Let's you get know. let's get weird with it. Like, what if yeah. Hawkeye got bit by a radioactive spider? Let's just like fucking do. Yeah, some shit. absolutely. Uh, wh- what if like like a '90s cartoon Spider-Man and '90s cartoon X-Men interacted <laughs> with like 
like uh, you know Taika Waititi's Thor. Or I don't know. It should be fun. Yeah. Just just make it fun. But the only person you really need to bring back is the voice actor for the Watcher. Yeah. He's wonderful. I'm forgetting his name, even though he's amazing. And I've watched every single episode of Westworld probably <laughs> twice. Um, yeah, but he, he, he's great. Oh, he was in something I watched this week, and he didn't have his mustache, and it bothers. The... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it just bothered the fuck out of me. It's like. Where the fuck is your mustache, sir? All right, Where is one it? Where did it go? <laughs> Disney Plus Marvel announcement for us okay. to talk about um, is oh. an animated feature that they're calling Marvel Zombies. Now, we have already seen Marvel Zombies in What If? We did. But if you have read the Marvel well, Zombies comics, same Marvel Zombies. it is not the same. As Tony is saying, it is not the same. Uh, Marvel Zombies in What If? was like, hey, everybody got bit and turned into zombies, and then they're just a shambling horde. In the Marvel Zombies comic... Um, people get infected, but they still retain part of themselves. And the zombies are actually actively trying to find a way to go back to being human. There's an entire, it's an entire thing where they lost part of their humanity and they crave brains and shit. Mm -hmm. But like the big part, literal shit, like like, elephant shit. And like, and like, so the whole idea behind it is that these heroes who have been infected are now trying to find a way to reverse the process, but also like try and not eat humans, but they definitely eat a lot of humans. Right. So I assume, and this is just me doing speculation here. If we're going to be, making a short an animated series based on Marvel zombies it's got to be around that concept okay, and yeah. not the what if concept we saw yeah the yeah, what if concept the, was very this dour. is the we're making the comic book yeah. which had um, I think Marvel had the Alex Ross covers for they Marvel zombies gorgeous. and if they don't have some kind of beautiful Alex Ross As- if they don't fucking hire Alex Ross to oversee <laughs> and like direct the fucking art well, another thing, so I wouldn't say like the art for his art doesn't translate to animation well. His, mm, yeah, his is way too photorealistic paintings. Yeah. You guys need to so, watch Arcane. <laughs> but I feel like they can take the they'll, they'll find a good style, but they at least need to take his um, inspiration for um, cover sequences. You know what I mean? Since it's going to be because he did the covers, he didn't do the artwork. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that needs to be part of like a opening sequence. Yeah, watching I can beautiful see that. things rot. Yeah, kind like of thing. the, the opening shot could be something I could dig that. Okay, so for our final news today, we have a reoccurring segment on the show called "Hey Blizzard, Are You Okay?" Where it, where we deep dive into the news coming out of Activision Blizzard in the wake of the lawsuits against them. They're not okay. So I'm going to say a bunch of stuff and then we're going to talk about it. All right, all I'm right. just going to blast news and we'll go. So a couple weeks back, CEO of Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kotick, asked for a salary cut to the lowest amount that he was legally allowed uh, to have um, within the state of California to show solidarity for all of the, I'll just call them horrible atrocities that have happened at Activision Blizzard, as a commitment to a better, healthier workplace for them. Shorten that list down. (laughs) Since then, dot, dot, dot. The Wall Street Journal has reported that, quote, in 2006, one of his assistants complained that he had harassed her, including by threatening in a voicemail to have her killed, according to people familiar with the matter. He settled the matter out of court. In 2007, Bobby Kotick was sued by the flight attendant of a personal jet he co-owned. The flight attendant claimed that the plane's pilot had sexually harassed her, and after she complained to the other owner, Mr. Kotick fired her. The defendant defended the allegations in a separate action Related to legal fees in the case, an arbiter citing what he said was sworn testimony wrote that Mr. Kotick told the flight attendant and her attorneys, I am going to destroy you. A spokesperson for Mr. Kotick denied that he said that. 
gifts. And side note that if you watch Billions, that sounds exactly like any ridiculously rich guy did exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't. Yeah. In 2008, they settled by paying the attendant $200,000, according to the arbiter's decision. A spokesperson for Mr. Kotick said that he couldn't have fired her in retaliation for complaining because she never complained directly to him. It was later revealed that an email that was supposedly <laughs> penned by executive um, Francis Townsend that said that the lawsuits against Blizzard were vile and completely untrue were in fact penned by Bobby Kotick himself and sent through her email account. Which is interesting because after the email got backlash from within the company, Bobby Kotick tore into the member of the female leadership for the email, even though he wrote it. Since How terrible then, you write this thing I wrote. <laughs> since then, dot dot dot. Over 500 developers at Activision Blizzard have signed a petition to get Bobby Kotick to resign. We're up to 700. Oh, thank you. The mm -hmm. shareholders, uh, the shareholders have called for him to resign. Activision Blizzard employees walked out after the article by the Wall Street Journal was released, saying they will not be silenced until Bobby Kotick has been replaced. The head of PlayStation has called out the company, saying we do not believe their statement of response properly addresses their situation. The head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has said that they are, quote, evaluating all aspects of their relationship with Activision Blizzard. The Activision, Vision, uh, the Activision Board of Directors has moved to keep Bobby Kotick in place several days ago. Kotaku recently named names on who the board of directors were to out them to everyone. That was a lot to unpack. So let's discuss. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's much to say that we didn't say last week. I mean, the, the, the company just, just uh, you know what? You know what the worst part of all this is? You know what the real insult to injury to all of this is? Mm -hmm. Is that... This incredibly expensive billion-dollar company with its billionaire CEOs and its billionaire board members and its millionaire, you know, fucking backers and everything else and their abuse and their neglect and their hiding of their abuse and their couching it and their fostering of these cultures in all of this, in all of this bullshit, in all of this money paid in service to this bullshit, they still can't make a good fucking video game. Mm -hmm. All of these sacrifices these people make, all of the things that the people do to work for this company, to try and get their dream job and make video games for a living. People who grew up loving Call of Duty or Blizzard games. Literally every Blizzard game. Blizzard hasn't released a game since 2016. I kind of have like, an answer for that. I mean, for why they're not making anything new or anything innovative. Oh, well, that's obvious. And yeah. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's not because there's not new ideas coming in. No, it's they, because they, they are money. limited to the ideas that are available. This is, imagine the, it's... We all love the Marvel movies. We just talked to, we just, mm -hmm. you know, blowjobbed what we're looking forward to them to. Yeah. But they make a minuscule amount of money compared to what Activision Blizzard oh, makes. Oh, absolutely. So imagine trying to show up and be like, um, I'm going to make the next Iron Man. And they're like, yeah, the fuck you are. Mm -hmm. Go back over there and do Call of Duty. Even though, imagine sure, sure. Call, um, when Iron Man came out and like, right. it was, yeah. yeah, why wouldn't you fucking make that? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, like, there's a such a large tragedy in all of this, and it really is. 
and not to sound too much like uh, uh, Stephanie uh, over here, but the, the the amount of shit that comes out of these companies for all of the abuse is like the biggest tragedy is that any any of this stuff is still supported by us. Mm-hmm. Please stop buying games by Activision Blizzard. Don't buy anything. Don't buy Diablo 4, no matter how much you want to play it in three years. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at this point, I'm not paying for Overwatch 2 mm-hmm. at all. That I don't care what they do. They they could take away the entire leadership. They could. They, 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 I I don't I don't know what to say anymore. That the, the company is so poisoned from within mm-hmm. that there's just no point in participating anymore. The only thing that could get me to buy buy a Blizzard game ever again is if they Bungie from Microsoft style separated from Activision. Mm-hmm. And even at that point, we were asking for that years. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 if and, and if that happened, I would still need to know who's in charge at Blizzard. And I would never again look at an Activision game. This is horrible, bullshit nonsense, and the company deserves to burn. One of the things that I didn't, the ship can only be righted from itself, though. Yeah. That's the thing. That's true. It's it's sick and it's rotting and it's it's festered to its core. Mm-hmm. But we should not keep feeding that monster. Yes, stop we should let it. that monster burn away the fats and the evil from within. Yeah. Because, but the people that are they have there, enough monies to do that. The people working there right now are trying to fight from the inside. Yes, oh, and by that's the way, great, if you want to, and that's um, great. Now, here's the thing, and I've heard this take. I've heard the take that not supporting the company only hurts the devs. That's bullshit. That's not how no. that works. Developers, writers, artists get paid while the game is being made. They don't make their money at the end of the cycle. The company makes their money at the end of the cycle when you buy the game. Don't buy the game. I would also like to point out that as of right now, a share is sixty two ninety. Guys, you get like we, you buy one share, you then go vote. That's yeah. all it fucking matters <laughs> now. Is you show like that's you get enough annoying people mm-hmm. together. I, I, I was already I mean, a shareholder honestly, like, at Blizzard before this, right? And I didn't sell because I'm really trying to hope that there's going to be some good that comes of this. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, I we had well, a lot of things. I'm, I'm saying like we the people can also can buy, in, buy in and buy say in, you're going to make a fucking a change because yeah. yeah. then your voice matters on an economic scale because. Yeah. That's the only way things get changed is if you fuck with money. Like, notice yep. nothing happens in our government unless you fuck with money. Yep. So you buy say, in. <laughs> I know that we have a lot of bad Blizzard dudes. And all that stuff that I just shotgunned out to y'all, that was, all, that was all stuff that happened this game. week. Yeah, all of that all came of this, out this week, this week, like literally since Monday. Yeah. Do not buy Overwatch 2, so, buy a share in their company, and vote out all of these yeah, fucking right. horrible practices. So I, I do mm-hmm. want to mention one good, in air That's quotes, right. bit of news that I didn't have in here. And one of the things that's been really hard for a lot of us to kind of uh, deal with, because we are such huge fans of Overwatch, um, but with all this Blizzard stuff coming out, it's going, God, was our product made under horrible means, right? We, you don't want to be invested in a product that was made under duress, essentially. Mm-hmm. A few articles came out and some tweets came out from people who worked on the Overwatch team. Mm-hmm. And they talked about Jeff Kaplan, who for up until recently was the head of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And we always called him Papa Jeff. He was Papa always very Jeff. friendly. He was always very honest about we things. We straight up watched that motherfucker for like how many hours sitting next to a fireplace. Ten. I yep. really hope he's very wholesome because I would be very right. angry. And all of us had this concern. We were just like, oh, I hope Papa Jeff is not one of them when all the news started to hit. Well, the news has started coming out this week. Turns out Papa Jeff defended and kept that toxic culture away from the Overwatch team. Mm-hmm. He avidly kept that negative, gross culture where people were abused 
away from his team because he wanted to protect his people. Yeah, it really if sounds like the one... Overwatch team was separate from pretty much the rest of Blizzard and the rest of Activision as yep. a whole. And every time someone tried to come in with demands, he shooed them away. Yep. And when finally he couldn't fight back anymore and was going to be forced, he left. Yeah, because and that's when all the changes to two happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you really can kind of you can see that like how many times would they have come to him and be like, okay, we need uh, the characters from this game to be in your game now. We need want these characters to be in this thing because we need our co whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. We need Call of Duty to show up in co whatever the fuck yeah. Op, op mode. Yeah, it's that kind of bullshit that you'd have to shoot down every fucking day. Yeah, that would wear on you for quite a while, mm-hmm. along with the sexual assaults and everything else you have to deal with. Those yeah, because you imagine that, like you're taking a, the idea that you want to protect. That yeah. they already broke once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, maybe we don't need to be pointing, like, a white dude to the head of Blizzard right now. But if you got to pick one. If you got to pick one, it's Jeff Kaplan. You throw all the money at Jeff Kaplan and yep. you say, come in and fix it. Yeah. Because he's the one that actually gave a shit about people and actually yeah. tried to do good by his team. And that's one of the reasons I can at least, at least for a little bit of a moment, still appreciate Overwatch. Because he made that... And he made it into work. But do not buy Overwatch 2. I still love to play Overwatch. But yeah, no, I won't be buying Overwatch 2. Not at this point. All right. That's everything that we have for the news this week. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we'll be going to our giant segment in the boss room. Boss room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the boss room, our main discussion for the show. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week being episode 420, we want to dive into the history of weed in cinema and if Hollywood's depiction of cannabis use has improved over time. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with some history and then we're going to work our way up. So in the beginning, the first real film that most people know of that involves weed is actually a movie that was funded by the by a church prohibition group that was called Reefer Madness. In this film, not even its actual first title. No, in this film, it shows people going hysterical from smoking weed, and even suggests that weed can cause murder, rape, and suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original title was uh, "Tell Your Children." Mm-hmm. Tell your children. Okay. I mean, Reefer Matt is way better yeah. at, for like an exploitation title, right? But imagine that. Just say what the movie's about again, and it's called "Tell Your Children." Right. Mm-hmm. That's way creepier. Yes. <laughs> so Reefer Madness. <laughs> Very influential. Yeah, um, Reefer Madness was a, um, well, it was propaganda, wasn't it? it I was, mean, like, like, that was the whole point. It was uh, made by people to scare you about something into doing something about it. Much like the um, movie we saw recently on Shudder uh, about the growing old. Yes, yes. That was the one that was specifically about um, ageism. Correct. And how we yes. shouldn't. We should not participate in it. Right. So, so, so that was effective in where this one wasn't because it was just in like, like a whole bunch of lies. Well, that well, no one PSA who had ever it. been near weed would be like, that's, that's not how any of that happens yeah. or works. Yeah. I, I get the, um, one, the horrors of growing old are way closer to that film versus the horrors of being around mm-hmm. marijuana or I need to not say that, use that word. The cannabis mm-hmm. and let's accept that for the sake of this discussion. I know that there's a lot of context around using words, which mm-hmm. say that they'll be interchangeable for the course of this. Yeah, I just yeah, try to personally fine. not use the word sure, marijuana sure. because it is a historically because we're going into how it's representation in pop culture. Mm-hmm. It comes back to why the fuck was it illegal to begin with? Right. And I don't want to get super into it, but yeah. that was news articles and trying to convince people that bad people were coming for them under the guise of this drug, which is exactly what Reefer Madness was. Right. And it was... 
Well, the reefer <laughs> madness was to be what was supposed to be. If you do this, you'll become one of the bad. You'll become people. one of the yeah. bad people. Mm-hmm. And they, but they're been spending the last fifty or so years saying in the publications these like a show like arresting people right. for a ridiculous shit because they just didn't want not white people around right. well, yeah i mean let's not forget like <laughs> as far back as the 1920s they were saying that cannabis was doing things like making white women sleep with black men mm-hmm. like and we definitely don't want that so this drug needs to be illegal this drug it's a plant Drugs involve like baking soda and you got to boil water and shit. This literally grows out of the ground like that. And as Cat Williams, who I do not like as a comedian, but this is a good line, it just grows that way. And if it should happen to catch on fire, there are some effects. But it, it's very, very natural. Yeah. The, I I like the uh, the way um, it was in Reservation Dogs. Is the um, the, the the uncle character? Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, "This came from the earth." Mm-hmm. He, oh, the other one is like that one came from the white man. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, uh, he's like that was his like end of his sentence. Like, the, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of these naturally occurred. Now I don't have any notes for it here, crazy. but um, uh, so reefer madness has kind of taken on a a life of its own. Yes, it's it's very much the uh, it's the, become the, a cult classic. It, it's because very much of the Rocky Horror Picture Show of yeah. weed culture. <laughs> it's very much a thing that people put on and get high to for the lulls. Mm. It um uh it 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 breathe it's breathed out a whole bunch of of weed pop culture, which I absolutely love, including the 2005 musical Reefer Madness the musical and if you want to see Kristen Bell in a corset with a writing crop and I know you do watch this musical <laughs> okay um, uh, in 1958 can I pause the show for like, <laughs> how long <laughs> like two hours yeah in 1958 High School Confidential came out and it was about a police officer going undercover in a high school to take down a marijuana ring and that's how it's stated in the movie to, and save a high schooler from addiction a lot of this movie is based in the they fear. Took down the garden club. <laughs> a lot of this movie is based in the fear that weed was as bad as deadlier drugs. Right, of course, and that's that, that's entirely the United States government's fault, which lists cannabis as a Schedule One drug, right next to heroin, uh, fentanyl, um, just about any opioid, uh, crack cocaine, uh, actual cocaine, uh, powdered cocaine. You know, there's a lot of forms of it. Crystal meth. Like somehow, these drugs that kill hundreds of thousands of people a year are next to cannabis, which which is actually the kill the, the origin of all of them as the scheduling of things. When you go back to the drugs that were taken away from or things that were taken away from people, hmm. the marijuana uh, stamp act going back to the turn of the century was the first or yeah, the turn of the last century. Mm-hmm. So 1900 and how that was perceived as a no you can have this thing but we're just going to make it impossible for you to actually have and receive these t- stamps to be yeah. I, i'm not going with the history of that because we're on a different tangent no and but that's it fine but yeah. so far it does go back very far once we get to prohibition when they, they were literally at the end of things to outlaw uh, before and that was the first one that was added to reagan's shit in the 80s was well, for sure yes because it was already on the other one the other fbi bullshit beforehand and then the history of Sorry, please, please continue. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I may be a little bit big. All, all the way, all the way back to the twenties. Like when we get to prohibition, this is the last thing they had to outlaw. Let's not forget that in the you know mid to late eighteen hundreds, you could go to an opium den that was called an opium den mm-hmm. and have people, usually from China, feed you opium while you laid in bed. This was in just happening. It, it, these were establishments with permits to operate. And slowly over time, they're like, oh, we don't really like the Chinese. We need to outlaw this whole opium thing. Hmm. Oh, we don't really like the Mexicans. We need to associate them with a drug and outlaw that drug. And we get all the way to alcohol. And then the mob is like, nah, (laughs) (laughs) this one's ours, though. But... But, yeah. then, but then the mob went, oh, wait, but, but plus we can make every all of the other ones. And it oh, became yes. horrible bad times. Oh, yeah. Plus and the CIA got involved and that was the whole thing. Yeah, the mob's <laughs> always been funded by the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so <laughs> as we continue to talk about the history of drugs, it only behooves us to talk about the history of government oppression and corruption, et cetera, et cetera, because that's kind of what it all is and it's really sad that this plant is as political as it is yep. but uh, as we round all the way back to reefer madness <laughs> and this high school fucking cop who's trying to keep kids from being able to relax between tests <laughs> <laughs> and also addiction yeah come on addiction is a big part of it come a, on. a lot of it was remember even growing up when oh we yeah were no, kids, it's the gateway drug yeah the gateway drug the Tony gateway right. drug that's, that's what we heard yeah it may not be addicting but if you hang out with a weed dealer he might try and sell you some cocaine yeah. and if you're a fucking idiot you'll buy it from him mm-hmm. yeah just just buy it's just just the weed yeah so in 1969 weed mushrooms lsd li- that's it. That's the list. That's the end of the list. <laughs> so in 1969, which from what I understand was a very nice year. Mm. Super nice. We have Easy Rider. Well, for not for a lot of people. It was a very <laughs> bad year for a um, lot of people. So we have Easy Rider, which mm-hmm. while not saying that weed is bad, had a much more recreational use of it. Mm-hmm. And part of what they did in Easy Rider is they left it up to the audience interpretation as to whether weed is bad or not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a... Oh God, he's smoking the reefer. Oh, but this is a group of people who did, who did casually smoke it and they Mm. weren't necessarily good people. So it was left to the audience to be like, was it because they're bad people? They smoke weed. Mm -hmm. They're anti-heroes who smoke weed. So it's kind of, they humanized them to a point where they're identifiable. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's a little bit of um, like, obviously we had a large hippie culture in the sixties. So once we get to the end of it, it's probably mainstream enough at that point in American history to where they're like, maybe, Everyone needs to realize this isn't as bad a thing as this movie was all, like the shot crack cocaine in, ni- thing. in 1969, I think. Oh, it, just, it, it came out in 69, so I think it was shot in 68, mm-hmm. and it's starring Dennis Hopper. If you the entire cast, no, it's if got you've seen any in this. of the documentary, was baked out of his fucking mind the whole goddamn like Jack time. Nicholson's in it, like a <laughs> oh, bunch yeah. of famous people are an easy writer. Oh it yeah, it does, doesn't surprise deal. me at all. And apparently, yeah, they all were baked out of their mind all the day. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. And now I need to go and watch this movie. 1968 in fucking Southern California with a bunch mm. of dudes pretending to be bikers. Are you yeah. using... <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> then we get to the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And this is where we have things like uh, Hunter S. Thompson writing Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, we have movies like Up in Smoke that were made. Yeah. The this is kind of the formation of where stoner comedies come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his work with Rolling Stone on a regular basis is as the, one of their writers and uh, really 
helped move the idea of the, the counterculture movement. Mm-hmm. Um, Rolling Stone is not the stupid bullshit that we've known since our childhood. <laughs> Where it started was a really fucking cool magazine. Mm-hmm. And, well, he was very influential on that. But mm-hmm. and, and, and um, Sorry, I lost the fucking ghost on this one. Uh, but, um, yeah. Oh, I wanted to, uh, Cheech and Chong was in this, yeah, was time, was say, in this time frame yeah. as well, and they're uh, Cheech, and Ch- Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke is still one of the fucking funniest comedies. It is of, very, very funny. If you've never very, seen this movie, there are some really you, bad racial things in it. Of by course, the way. yes. Are, it was also made you, by, you have like, literally like a Jewish guy, at, like, like like a dark skinned Jewish guy, and an all out Mexican mm-hmm. in the seventies doing like. Like punk rock and roll in in the like late seventies, way ahead of its time, and the whole thing was like that they were just high all the time. Mm-hmm. And the plot of the movie is one of the most like we would never have know, Pineapple Express if it wasn't for this movie. The plot of this movie is that someone made a van, someone figured out how to make a van out of weed, <laughs> and they were driving it across the border from Mexico to California to go to a concert. They had no idea what was going on. <laughs> this movie's hilarious. It, yeah, it, it's very, very funny. They're, they're the comedy duo... What they have, uh, what their influential status in the the, the history of marijuana culture mm-hmm. is, like they're they're like the, they're literally like they're, they're, they're the two they are the gods. Old, like they're the two yeah. gods. They, like they, it's, yeah. it's Cheech and Chong. Yep, like yep. it's at least in Western culture or our like culture, modern culture, yep. it's you mm-hmm. have Cheech and Chong, and kind of everything else comes after that. Yep, yep. everything where you have like yes. Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. and we have to do we have to talk about like how hip hop culture massively affects where we are now. Oh, absolutely! In marijuana's acceptance and well, legalization, so I'm glad that you bring that up because now we get to the 90s mm-hmm. where we get Dazed and Confused. Oh, yes. And in 1994, we got Clerks, mm-hmm. and here it starts to feel a little bit. We'd start to feel a little bit more normalized. The stoner archetype had really been born out of this. Um, and we also got a movie where weed is treated much more as a recreational part and not a part of the film itself, mm-hmm. which was in the movie mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. Very true. Weed is never specifically it was seen culturally right, right the it, first time. It's never weed is never treated in Friday mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna go smoke weed. It's no, just it's the, literally what they do on their porch after a hard day of work to right. relax when they just yeah. sitting there talking to each other. Yeah. Oh no, that doesn't sound familiar at all. Like a thing people would do on a Friday. Yeah, why yeah. would anyone do that on a, Friday, do on a Friday after work to relax? Work. But all of these are really big things. I mean, <laughs> Days and Confused, obviously a, a classic. Um, we here in Austin are a little oh, obsessed with it. Yeah, I mean, come on. And just, yeah, I mean, Matthew McConaughey with a badly rolled joint in his mouth might as well be on the poster, <laughs> right. on the billboard as you enter the city of Austin. Well, there is one yep. somewhere around here. Like, it's, it's, there's a little poster of him in that series, is all like in the car. It says, all right, all right, all right. It's somewhere. If you walk into Top Notch Burgers, they have all this stuff. From oh, yeah, absolutely. Inside of it. Like, the slogan in the entire town is pretty much be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then you got to the point where over, it's now almost nearing two years without any um, marijuana possessions um, uh, at all within, this, uh, within the city. That's right. We, we don't prosecute for those yeah, anymore. Yeah. We don't even pick people up for them. Yep. Um, 
But then we got clerks. No, I'm going to celebrate. And there was a whole thing, you know, <laughs> this is early Kevin Smith. This is yes. early we, Kevin we, Smith. We and knew we knew they were stoners, but it wasn't like a thing for their characters. It just happened to be a thing they did. Right. Well, well they were they were dealers. You it, know, it they hung out on the corner. Said that they were drug dealers, but they were definitely drug dealers. They were absolutely <laughs> drug dealers. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure they, they they sold some people drugs in the movie. They just never like portrayed them. In that way, they were mostly just like dicks who hung out by the store because they didn't have anything better to do. Right. But yeah. Um, and had access to a lot of weed. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah, sure. no, I love those characters. So, so now fun. we enter the 2000s where we have stuff like Dude's, Dude, Where's My Car, mm-hmm. um, which is just about a couple of stoners. I've literally never um, seen that. Movie. We have Super Troopers, Third. which has a bunch of officers no, that, you, that smoke you out have after. To see Dude, Where's My Car. Yeah, so we have Super Troopers, which is just like a bunch of officers who smoke out after confiscating evidence. Yep. Like, those are like... One of the most realistic cop movies ever made, (laughs) by the way. One of my... I I remember this from my childhood. Like, we were looking at... There was a big marijuana bust up uh, up where I lived. Mm -hmm. And they were burning it away or whatever. And you could just see, like, all the... Everybody in the audience... Standing in specifically the wind direction. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm just gonna... Have a good day, because <laughs> this is awful what you're doing so to this. So <laughs> we're up to what year now, James? So we're going to be entering the, uh, we just finished the early 2000s. There's a movie uh, I need to talk about. Okay. I'm trying to find out when it was made. Okay. So let's get into the next section, because this is going to take us a hot okay. minute. We've got 2004, which is Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, mm-hmm. which was two very not white people doing a movie about being stoned. In fact, these were... these were like 2004. This was... Post 9-11, 2004, yeah. meaning three years after anyone who doesn't have a certain shade of skin color probably is a criminal and right. should, which is also one of the plot points of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> we have Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And this is about two people who are very successful in their like, you know, school and work life. And they just happen to be stoners. And then you had the show Weeds in 2005 that came out. Mm-hmm. I, I right. swore that that came out in like 99. No. Nope. But then whenever I really sat down and thought about it, it yeah, no, two thousand five makes no, sense. No, two thousand five. I need to talk about a nineteen ninety eight movie okay. called Homegrown. Mm-hmm. Now, Homegrown is a movie, and let me read you this cast real quick. Starring Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Ryan Felipe, Hank Azaria, John Lithgow, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Bon Jovi, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ted Danson. How have I never seen this? <laughs> this is a movie. About some like career con men who happened to stumble across a already set up and abandoned grow up mm-hmm. um, just in the woods in like the 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 redwoods of California, I believe. And so they just stumble across all of this planted straight into the ground weed growing higher than an elephant's eye and like a little cottage nearby where they were obviously processing it. And there's no one around. And they literally just take over and like figure it out and go through it. And the, the reason you said, and please watch this movie if you haven't, and I really don't want to spoil the end, but there's a scene in the movie where, you know, the law is a part of this movie and like them cracking down on shit is a whole big thing. Sure. And there's a scene where they're just burning a bunch of product that they've seized from some people. And there's a big fence around it and there's a big bonfire and the entire town comes out and stands against the fence and just 
<laughs> it just like stands there and is like, I guess we'll just chill right here and, you know, pretend we're having a good time. Yeah. You guys keep going. I'll and watch anything Ryan Felipe's in. It like, is, that's, it is that's one such of my a good movie. Cannot recommend it enough. I need to enough. fucking see this, though. That Homegrown. cast is stacked. Homegrown. Wonderful movie. Great so cast. Very we, funny. So kind of going back to where we were, um, the show Weeds came out mm-hmm. and a lot of people said like, oh, yeah, I mean, this was like a good time for representation. Of, it was. It, like, yeah. Weeds was very cool. That was a great show. It had great characters, great actors, just the right amount of TNA, um, you know, just the interesting things. Parker, going on. who is also in the Colin uh, Kaepernick mm-hmm. yes. show that I was watching. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. she does still the her her, her famous and every, uh, I, all the women that do this thing and like with their shows, I think it started Sex in the City. The I'm going to slowly drink out of a straw that's from an empty <laughs> cup that's full of ice. <laughs> <laughs> she did that through weeds to the point where it it it's very aggravating. And now like like um, what's her name from the nanny where it just kind of grows on you, Fran Yeah, like Fran Dresser, you're like. Yeah. I'm kind of okay when she does it as long as they do it very sparingly. No, no, characters yeah. do have like quirks like that. They well, kind of actress, announce actresses announce when they're going to talk. Really if you ever go back and watch Friends, Rachel does this thing before she says anything where she kind of goes, <clears throat> uh, and as soon as as soon as you notice it, you'll never unnotice it. And she does it like 24 times an episode, <laughs> and it will drive you absolutely fucking batshit. So Hector, oh, um, time frame wise, uh, the year two thousand had a movie that I just wanted to bring up momentarily because it kind of explains a little bit about the realities of drug culture, mm-hmm. which is The Beach, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Um, it's actually where I first really liked him as an actor. Okay. Um, the Beach is a good movie. I, I didn't. Un, I was too young to understand Basketball Diaries. Yeah, it's something of I kind of go back watch now because mm-hmm. it was just I was just too young. Yeah. So The Beach was my first one. Was like, I get him as an actor. Mm-hmm. He's not the silly kid from that Titanic. Uh, no, um, pre-Titanic. Um, What's eating Gilbert Grape? That and on um, um, Growing Pains is where oh. I remembered him from. Yeah. I watched all every episode of Growing Pains. Yeah. Um, no, the beach shows this island that's in the South Pacific where, where cannabis is grown, mm-hmm. and this cannabis in 2000 is being harvested by a. Um, Cartel? Yeah, that's the word I was yeah. trying to remember. A cartel. At the, and uh, these people also are on this island, and that's bad for them. Yeah. Because they're, we're trying to get this plant to other places, and they're like, it's well, well, fuck, we both found the same place, and that's not good for either one of us. Yeah. Shit. And no, also awesome. watch the movie The Beach. It's a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, we kind of move on to things that are a bit more modern, like uh, Pineapple Express, or just a ton of stuff that, like, you know, Seth Rogen's done. And so more and more we are seeing weed just pop up in shows and movies in a very different way than where we started with this conversation. Mm -hmm. So that kind of brings us now to the main topic, which is, um, is Hollywood representing weed better now than they ever have before? Hmm. So you do see in mostly in independent movies, a very casual use of weed mm-hmm. um, in a really good way. Fra- Frances McDormand is a great example. She always tends to be in movies where she's a little bit put on by life and she just kind of needs a joint to, to, to like hang out. It's Frances McDormand is a little bit put on by life and kind of needs a joint. Yeah, yeah. That's just like kind of, it's kind of her resting persona. It's just like, can we just like 
five minutes. Jesus fucking Christ. And, and like, Chad brings yeah. up an excellent question. Is the representation better now or just more realistic? I don't think, more, I think it's more realistic. I now. mean, we, we kind of get a mix because of reality everything. Reality has changed. Right. We kind of get a mix of everything. We get casual use. We obviously get a lot of medicinal use. There was a great episode of Nurse Jackie, which is a show that is not from too far in the past. Uh, where uh, at this point, like all forms of cannabis were still illegal in New York, mm. but she had a cancer patient who couldn't, like, none of his meds were working, couldn't keep any food down. And she literally takes him outside instead of treating him with any of the bullshit and like sending him back home, takes him outside, has him sit in an ambulance with her, bites an apple into a fucking pipe and has him <laughs> smoke weed out of it mm -hmm. that she buys from the corner. And he is better. Yeah. And it was just one of the most adorable scenes I've ever seen in a show because it's like this is character mm. is an antihero, but but she just her job was being a nurse and she was just trying to make people better, mm. and she did, and it was just really heartwarming. Yeah, the representation is becoming more accurate on the side of we are portraying drug dealers as people mm -hmm. who are going through a situation when we brought up weeds that she's a woman weeds. dealing with a situation mm -hmm. nurse jackie is a woman dealing with a situation yeah, you can say the and, same about like pineapple express even though that's way more of a comedy like the, the yeah. dealer becomes a human by the end of the movie and that's one of the um we've accepted that whenever you whenever we start going through like the list of things that we could make illegal and then it's like we got to marijuana mm -hmm. and it's like but it was also the first one that started all of the 1980s bullshit because yeah. they've added all these other things. But whenever you look at all of the other things that have come since then, when you look at all the deviations of drugs on drugs on drugs, mm -hmm. and you go like, yeah, no, it's, it's different. There are two different things. Yes. And I think we as a society have gone, we can tell. We've also have science and studies to go, yeah, these are very different things. Mm -hmm. And all of the negative societal effects that were associated with them, we've now proven wrong with science yeah. pretty much across the board. Sure. Um, and if anybody disagrees with that, it's generally a cultural thing, mm -hmm. um, meaning your head's up your ass and you probably like a red flag with two white bars in the middle. Yeah, no, and I have this, I've had this conversation with my family when it comes to cannabis in general, um, because my mom and her generation are very much like, no, this is bad. This makes us look my bad. My mom has never tried it. She said she would try it one day, maybe if she's in a place where it's legal and it might be fun. <laughs> And I'm going to fucking make that happen. <laughs> I, I hope you make that happen. We should all in our lives, and I hope this for me, myself, one day, we should all in our lives one day be able to smoke out with our moms mm -hmm. and just, like, have a good, like, you know, mother-son, like, conversation. Bro, I smoked out with my grandma. Time. Yeah, no, I love oh, that. I do not want to have that conversation from um, the cartoon... Uh, Netflix show where he had interviewed his mother. It was part of his podcast in the animated. Oh, the, uh, oh, well, no, I, I don't want, I don't want to do it. I don't when my mom is dying. No, yeah, I don't want to have that. No, like, Hey mom, yeah. explain life to Dude, me while we're <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. 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 I don't want that. No, no. And midnight gospel is a wonderful show and you really <laughs> great, should watch but it, no, but I don't but want to do it, it. It can be rather affecting. There's a reason why the last episode is that one. Yes. Spoiler for, a but, show you're never gonna literally never. It's going amazing to watch. show. It's amazing. Please watch <laughs> I've watched it. it you'll you will cry. You'll yeah. cry. Yeah, you'll cry a lot. Um, but, but anyway, um, the, the the whole deal with um, uh, 
parents and families. And like I said, my mom's generation and my mother and her sisters are all in their 50s and 60s at this point. Um, they grew up at a time where the culture and the propaganda, like we've been talking about this whole time, said that weed was for do-nothing, lazy Mexicans. And mm -hmm. that's what I have to keep telling them to their faces is like, you were fed this over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that's why you look at my generation and all my cousins, some of them in their 50s, some of them in their 20s, because we have a big Hispanic family, mm -hmm all of us are smoking right. and like eventually some of our parents find out and we just kind of have to have the talk with them right. that like this isn't as bad as you were led to believe it's actually much better for you're me a the, very productive member of society yeah it, it's actually much better for me than all the alcohol i was drinking in my 20s mm, so yeah. you notice how i'm Whenever healthier now a... and also more reasonable and also less jacked up on like anger and also more just like zen that's all because i switched the way i spend my recreational time mm -hmm. from drinking yeah. way too much to drown out my suffering to it, it, it literally like you know having less than a gram of something in my lungs and being good for hours yeah one of the honestly only arguments that there's a fucking god is that marijuana exists and it's but <laughs> psilocybin has proven that that's also not true oh, yeah. and also marijuana proved that didn't exist no it's how can i take this seed and put it in the ground and it grows and then it makes me calm and you want to sell me a medicine for how much money that's made out of uh i mean i i know it's made out of great stuff but like it, it kind of fucks my brain up. Yep. And this one doesn't to the same, near the same degree. And I'm way more. Yep. All right. I don't want to get Joe no. Rogan about this. Mm -hmm. So let's dial it back. Oh, no, for me, it's just thing. like, I understand there's, we, there is, everybody needs medication and marijuana should be a medication is what sure. I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be not only, yes, recreational use is fun. And that's what most of our representation is recreational use. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality of it is, this is for a lot of people actually a medicine mm -hmm. and it's not a just like, Oh, I want to make this cartoon funnier. Yeah, no. And I can prove it <laughs> to mean, you. The United States has had a program where they provide marijuana cannabis in joints in a cookie tin to a group of people with really, really terrible cancers. And it's the only way they can function in real life. They've been doing this for about 40 years now. Mm -hmm. Now, Hector, was, not to, not to out very hard the to two of us, mm -hmm. but I mean, when we talk about uh, media depictions of uh, marijuana use, mm -hmm. you know, in general, um, if I remember correctly, there was an entire episode of Grey's Anatomy that was about the debate versus whether or not to give somebody weed to treat them. Yes, yes, there was. And it was a whole thing. And because in uh, uh, where the show uh, theoretically takes place in Seattle, it's been legal for quite some time. But then again, there are... You know, there are parents that you have to consider. There are families you have to consider. There are medical ethics you have to consider when you consider, like, how much things are studied. And the truth is that a lot of the studies that people try to do on these things are suppressed. And a lot of the studies against them that are overblown and obviously faked and false and stuff like that are you know, championed and megaphoned. And that's just because of it's still a schedule one drug with the federal government, which makes no fucking sense. Mm. And I love that episode because it really does come down to, does it make them feel better? Yes. Do we have anything else that can do that? No. Is it going to hurt them if they do it? No. 
Yeah. What are we doing? What's the addiction how is rate? This, how is this like, not like, What's medicine? the addiction rate? It's nearly nothing. It's like Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, go. go you use it. So or is, is the, the idea is of the... what we're coming down to is that it feels like, and panel can disagree with me, that definitely the media's depiction of weed use has gotten better over time, but mm-hmm. that we still have a little ways to go still. No. Uh, not, not, I mean, we still have a ways to go with legalization, but the sure. media like showing within things when you start, when you start showing um, shows like Girls or anything that's been on any adult oriented stuff for the last twenty fucking years. Mm-hmm. Cannabis use is part of it, but it's also been so part of the music and pop culture that's been growing just around us in life mm-hmm. that its acceptance is now. At what sixty eight percent of the United States is yeah? Why the fuck is this legalized? I would be surprised and, if that sixty eight percent wasn't actively using. <laughs> I mean, no, there's more. Yeah. Actually, the, the 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 numbers for that are higher, but mm-hmm. the pe- number of people that are against it, it's all of those number of things are people who are willing to answer their fucking phones and shit. So right. it's all flawed anyway. Mm-hmm. When the fuck did any one of us answer one of those? It was oh, never, I was on once. the shitter and it was kind of fun and it was about fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep it's a complicated topic and it's it easy to be sensitive for a lot of people so so has it gotten better um it yes. shows more the reality yes it I, i'd say it's definitely gotten better over time i feel like the representation for weed culture and stuff like weeds and you know even even big comedies like pineapple express where a lot of the fun is made of the show that movie is a lot smarter than people gave it credit for because if you like look at the subtleties of it literally every character in that movie is playing the role as if they are immensely high everyone from the cops to the people who hate weed to the people who are like like everyone like there's an action scene at the end every Everyone shooting a gun in that movie is high. It is hilarious when you like really dive down into it. And the funny thing is, only stoners would recognize it on first viewing, and that's what makes that movie so brilliant. I can't champion shit. I can't champion Pineapple Express enough as like a like our modern like Up in Smoke as like the great stoner movies of all time. Okay. Um, yeah, depiction has gotten better. I know James and I were talking earlier. I felt like I feel like I was kind of in a mood, and I said, "Nah, nah, we haven't really gotten better, but we really have. We we, we absolutely have." And you know, when you look at things like weeds, I kind of think to and please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not comparing the two, but I like to think about uh, shows like The L Word uh, when I think about gay representation, and you know, like when, when we wanted to start somewhere, and that's kind of where the both of those right. So, so so you get like this mainstream adaptation, and you get in weeds a show where like this suburban mom mm-hmm. is able to entirely sustain her household living in rich ass fucking like California. She's like in Orange County or something. In, in, right? in, in, yeah, it like aggressive um, California. Yeah, agri- right? agri- agrestic. It's, it's yes. very aggressive. Yes, which was just cigarette backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, in, in aggressive California which looked very much like you better have a trust fund to live here sort of place supporting her whole family after after her husband died and could no longer provide for them, selling weed to other suburban moms. Yeah, like and and that's it, it was just such a cool show. In, in we're particularly by most of showing three guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very very true. Yeah, uh, and Snoop and Martha. Yeah, yeah, I mean they've had an entire big lighter. So that campaign. shows you where it's come to now. Like the the relevance within pop culture about mm-hmm. how marijuana's acceptance that Bic has a specific lighter that doesn't burn your fucking fingers that makes it easier to light a fucking bowl. Yeah, that because the association of 
they both went to jail, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg, and they've been on a show together. And even though one's probably way more horrible of a criminal than the other, Martha Stewart. Yeah, uh, <laughs> human exploitation versus probably like having weed in his pocket. <laughs> All right. So I guess the final conclusion of this entire show as we wrap up 420 is weed good? Weed good. Weed culturally necessary at this point. Yeah. But in. To live in this dystopia, I think we all need at, at least, you know, every once in a while to sit on our couch and smoke a bowl and just fucking sit back and relax mm. and try not to think about all the bad things. If we're trying to make keep chemical deviations by one fucking degree off of THC to just try and get around a law... Mm-hmm. Like, come the fuck on. That's a fucking yeah. plant, dude. Come on. Like, it's fucking, yeah, it's, Delta it's 8 like, is the saddest that's, cry that's I've a, ever yeah. seen. That's a lot of oh. effort just to get this to This isn't it. fucking yeah. opium to heroin. That's like a whole thing. <laughs> this is like, stop. I think that's why I have Like I said, you got to yeah. boil water. There's bacon. Yeah, like, soda I don't want a whole thing. I don't want a fucking whole thing. <laughs> no. If I can put a seed in the fucking ground and mm-hmm. out comes a fucking butt plug or fucking weed, <laughs> I don't care. Either one's going to my body. That's fair. All right. Okay, so those are called carrots. But... We, are, we are going to wrap up episode 420 here. We hope that we've made a very convincing <laughs> argument for positive weed culture. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Before we wrap mm-hmm. up, uh, Tony, is there anything you'd like to say to our audience tonight? Yeah. Um, after my weird tangents, just you now. <laughs> yeah. I have to plugs. go on a. <laughs> if you're not playing with your butt. <laughs> First off, go see a doctor because you should probably check your butt. Yeah, please. I don't want to end. I don't want to end on check your butt, but yeah. like colon health's good for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, feel weird. That's a going away statement. <laughs> uh, no, I decided uh, a while ago that I needed to uh, branch out and do my own things for a while, and um, this is going to be my last episode of the show. Um, so. I want to say thank you for everybody that's listened to this. Yeah. For a really long, like that, that's a lot of time. Yeah. It's 420 episodes, man. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. I didn't write, I, I, I first, like a yeah. week and a half, I thought about writing a thing and it's like, no, no, you'll come up with something. No, it's okay. And uh, my always coming with something is rambling on till the point where no one notices. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, it's a power move to be perfectly yeah. honest. It's a power move. Um, while you're here, I mean, obviously, we would. This show was created from the two of us sitting in a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, jumps. We were sitting, we were in a bar sitting at outside smoking. Specifically, it was. I remember us. It started with the idea of Robert Downey Jr. being cast as Iron Man. Yeah. Wow! So this was like 2006, 2000. Seven? Something like that. I don't know. Find out whenever he was cast and everybody being bitchy and me going like, how the fuck has anybody not watched his last three movies? They're amazing. And going, no, no one watches movies. And <laughs> you and I sitting down and talking about how amazing the casting was and our friends walking over to us and saying, stop ignoring your friends. Go do a fucking podcast. And we didn't even get around <laughs> to doing the podcast. Till yeah, no, later. it took quite a while. Yeah. It took quite a while. Um, that was when we lived in Houston. Um, I took a job here. Uh, and then... This is just like at the wrong fucking angle tonight. It's twice. <laughs> Never fucking hit that stupid thing. Uh, yeah, we moved out here and I got tired of being told, go make a podcast. So yeah. I made one. So we made there you podcast. go. We, we got our start using a webcam on a trash can and recording off of that. That could be that same webcam. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know for a fact if that's not the same one. Um. 
But the audio has gotten better, and that's mostly yeah, yeah. where I paid <laughs> attention better, to yes. because... Our audio would not um, be where it is if it was not for Dylan. Yeah. That's right. I sound prettier than I look. Mm, yeah. Don't we all? We have a lot of memories. Yeah, it has been absolutely real. <laughs> Obviously, this I, I don't want to believe this will be the last time you'll be on the show. I figure that you will still pop in maybe from time to time if we're so lucky. Uh, thank you for going through all of this experience with me and helping me develop... Um, as a host and watching you develop as a producer, that's been the most amazing thing to watch is how you've come so long and, uh, and so far and, you know, just learning how to do all this to where we are now. Um, it's meant a lot. And obviously you're my brother and I want nothing but the best for you. But yeah, if you feel like it's time, then let's, yeah, let's I, I, I just, I personally feel like I have to make some changes mm-hmm. and, um, one of the things that I strive on this show is to have everybody be in the room together. Yeah. And if I'm not necessarily here, then I don't want to Skype over anything. Yeah. So that was one of my defining deciders. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not going to, yeah, I will t- literally be adding 15 extra steps to my fucking like, <laughs> correct, yeah. like daily sure. thing. It'd be a pain in the ass. I don't want to do it. So Stepping away and working on some things I need to work on. I've been working on my own stuff for a little while, um, personally, and I hope at some point to share that. I'll maybe I'll come on the show and sure. share it, and we'll, we'll see. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, it's been wonderful, uh, and I kind of got to a point where it's like, I, you know, four twenty just sounds sounds just perfect. Yeah, it is perfect because it's the. Even though the, the problematic history of the show, that 70s show, mm-hmm. um, it does show you the history of weed culture and how it evolved during oh, yeah. that. And how me and like Kunis was really cute at 16. <laughs> so, I'm going to go away saying something awful. If, yeah, you no, know, it wouldn't be Tony leaving if he didn't walk away <laughs> saying something completely awful. Those fir- we go. Everyone Seriously, knows the first season was, was underage looked, in the first season. Yes, but show. we were all... we were all. I was and, also and then, and then underage. That show came out when I was 18. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. So that being Legal said instincts. to everybody that's listening... <laughs> Much like marijuana. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's... You know, good luck to everything you're doing going forward. Um, we're going to be off next week because Thanksgiving is a thing. Um, I've got to learn a bunch of new skills mm-hmm. to make sure that the show continues on as usual. Um, it will be Hector and I going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that you like the show that we're going to be presenting for you. But I, I think that I speak for both Hector and I when I say that no matter how far we go on this journey with just the two of us, it will always feel like you're there, honestly, because you have mm-hmm. been just the Thank heart you. of this agreed so. thank you it's been it's been a hell of a journey over a long period of time that i've there's been ups and downs and it's i've loved all of it yeah and hated all of it <laughs> and that's what life is right yep and it's gonna be weird not doing this every week mm-hmm. but um i want y'all to keep doing this and yeah. keep everyone to be ready to keep listening i mean i know everybody's here just to hear me yeah. So yeah. obviously, uh, we'll, we'll the show's failing. I got to give myself a little ego float here at the end. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I want to thank everybody that's listened to us for uh, this entire time. Everybody, Jack, I'm very happy that you list, bumped into me while I was, you know, I yelled at you. Um, <laughs> to all of our listeners, our chat that's going off right to, now. Yeah, thank you everybody. guys so yeah. much. Yeah, it's to Brooklyn. Thank you so much. Your support has been amazing. Uh, I've kind of just no. It's all right. 
Well, then Lash and Jay. It's been. It's been I, I know I'm not. I feel like I'm doing an Oscar speech thing where I, yeah. I'm trying to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm editing this shit. I can fucking make me sound amazing. <laughs> so I guess we're gonna have to figure out how this is gonna go after this. Yep. Do you want to try and edit this one? Uh, no, we're just going to do it this time. Yeah. All right. All right. So for the last time, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. And I'm Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. Good game.